The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Hello there. And Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hello, Father Andrew. Howdy, howdy. Uh, so I want to start off today with uh, this uh, some more listener feedback. We've been getting great listener feedback. I love to, to get emails and uh, messages from listeners and uh, so we can bring them up in the show. And this one came on uh, our discussion uh, last time, I think it was, where we were talking about the Apple's announcements at WWDC and the improvements to maps and how they have the uh, EV routing for electric vehicles and the maps. And they can, they'll tell you where the uh, charging stations is for your particular model of car. And we, we thought, wow, we wish they would do that for gas stations. And so Melanie wrote in, not, not my wife, Melanie, but another Melanie, wrote in with uh, this uh, uh, email. She says, I'm listening to the episode, and you're hoping that it would tell you where on your route the gas station was. My car has a range feature, so I know how far I can go on a tank of gas. Using this information, when I plan my route, I, I include the address of Costco gas stations that are close to the freeway. If I was going to need gas that day, I'd put in the address of the gas station I want to stop at so that my mapping app would take me there. It worked really well. For areas that didn't have Costco, I had to rely on spotting a gas station from the highway. This way takes a little planning ahead of time, but it's worked well for me when I've taken long trips. And that's great. And and, and I've done that too. I've, when I've gone on long cross-country trips, I've, you know, I've said in, you know, look at ways, kind of look at how, about how far I think I want to go before I'm going to need gas. Um, I'll do a search in that area for a gas station and that sort of thing. Um and and that's great, but what I was hoping for was something a little more automated that that I don't have to do the planning, where I don't have to, uh, you know, um, figure out how far I'm going to be able to get. And because that doesn't take into account things like weather, if I run into unexpected traffic jams and that sort of stuff. So what I would like is is an, a mapping solution that kind of keeps track of where my mileage is, where I'm going to be needing gas, and be constantly looking for gas stations in that area of where I'm going to be needing gas and directing me to it, just like it, it already does, you know, ways and the other ones will direct me around traffic jams and that sort of thing. So uh, that is a good tip that, you know, to, to kind of plan ahead. But uh, um, I'm, I'm kind of hoping we these devices start to help us a little more by automating some more of that. Um, so uh, do, do either of you have a, a solution for, that you rely on for making sure you don't run, of, run out of gas? I was just going to say it would be nice if they could, like, you know, anticipate when I'm going to want a snack or <laughs> when I need to use the rest area. Um, no, I, I pretty much just try to gauge it out. And um, and I typically, if I'm going on a long trip, it's coupled with, uh, you know, a bathroom break or, or stopping to get lunch or something. So it'd be nice to be automated, but I don't know if I would use it a whole lot. Well, and Waze does have the feature that it can show you gas stations coming up and the prices that are mm -hmm. on there. That's one of the things you can see on the map when you when you're you're going through there. So that's what I use a lot. Is that way I don't have to say, well, show me gas stations that are five miles away, but it's over on a side road five miles away. No, I don't want to do that. I want it on my route, and so that Waze does have that to help me. Yeah, I've I've occasionally tried to rely on that, and I've had some. Sometimes it works better than other ways. Uh, no pun intended. Other times, uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it it but it generally works well. When I when we took our big cross country trip a couple years ago from Massachusetts down to Kentucky and back, um, we did a lot of that where we looked at ways and you know what's coming up and you know kind of get to the point. I you know it's a quarter tank. I think I should get some more gas and start looking. You know and th and that sort of thing. And that's fine. I I'd, I'd like it, I'm just thinking 
you know, it works. I just was thinking what would be better, what would be nicer right. is if it if mm-hmm. it could make that even more. It, frankly, I'd like it if I could put in, I have five children, okay, and <laughs> they're these ages. <laughs> and so calculate how often I'm going to have to stop for the bathroom breaks and, and breaks. snacks. <laughs> so, You're always uh, going to run into, you know, the mile beyond the exit for the rest areas is when yes. they're going to need to stop. And you need the, 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 the route to the U-turn. <laughs> <laughs> Next rest area, 50 miles. Daddy! Ah! <laughs> anyway, so that's that's great. Thank you, Melanie, for your uh, your email. So let's talk about today's topic. We're kind of diving into this uh, big topic, and we're going to do a, a shallow dive this time, and we'll do deeper dives later on. But we're going to talk about smart homes, getting started with the smart home. And this is really, when I was a kid, the idea of an automated home was a pipe dream. It was science fiction. It was the Jetsons. You know, it was this idea that you could talk to your home and have it do things automatically. It was just a, a, an amazing dream of mine to, to be able to have that. And so uh, ever since it became possible a few years ago, I started transforming my home, much to my wife's chagrin, uh, that it's gone better <laughs> at some times than at others. I've had to you know, undo some things and and fix them. And uh, sometimes, uh, yeah, so, so in, in other words, I, you know, we smart, the smart home dream is kind of here now. We can, we can, start to transform our homes and make them more automated and more useful for us. And so for a lot of people, it's, it's becoming mainstream. So the question then becomes like some people say, where do I want, where do I start? I'm interested in doing a, a smart home things, but where do I start? What do you think? What's the first question? Um, and maybe where where is your experience with smart home stuff first? I could probably, I should probably start with that. Uh, I've got pretty much for me, uh, nearly every light bulb in my house is now a smart bulb. Nearly, not all, but nearly. And um, I've got a uh, smart door lock and some s- smart cameras around the house and a smart doorbell and some things like that. Uh, so I'm pretty far down the road of this madness. <laughs> how, about, how about you all? Yeah, so I, I was going to say, first of all, um, have you ever seen the movie? I think it's Disney, but it's called Smart House in 19, from 1999. No. As a kid, I was fascinated with this movie. So you should look it up, Dom and, and okay. listeners, because it's sort of a it's what would a smart house look like from a from the 1999 perspective. So the whole oh, wow. the whole idea is uh, that there's this smart home and it's got all the things they, you know, in their bedrooms, their entire wall can be customizable to show a beach or to show a basketball court if you're a you know, young, young kid or whatever you want. But it's run by an A.I. And um, the the dad. Um, I, I can't remember if the the wife had died or something, but he was interested in this other girl and the teenage boy was feeling a little bit threatened by it, started tinkering with the AI and the AI kind of takes over the house and becomes the, the super nanny and mom. And it, <laughs> it's a really fun movie, but uh, that is not what I want in a smart home. Uh, <laughs> uh, fun movie, but uh, but it kind of starts to breach those those just those topics, especially like if you were to have, say, an AI control your home, which I think would be very scary, uh, but AIs are not sentient yet. So we're, we're kind of safe there. Uh, but back to me, um, I have very limited experience in smart home technologies, uh, pretty much the only one that I've used because I'm at a rectory and it just it doesn't really make sense for me to, to customize things to that degree. Um, but I do have a Philips Hue light bulb in my office, which is really fun to play with because I can make it all sorts of different colors. I can <laughs> automate it to go on it, you know, when the office opens and off when the office closes. Um, you know, so that's kind of the the main thing that I have experience with. Uh, but we also do have security cameras um, around the, the the property and in the church, and I can access those from my smart smartphone. So okay. that's kind of cool, too. But that's kind of the extent of my experience. So, Pat? Well, having a daughter that is related to my husband, I have been very slow to get into the automated <laughs> scene as well. And actually, the first thing that we had that was automated was installed about a year ago. And that was our new air conditioning unit. When they put in the thermostat, it is a smart thermostat and has Alexa on it. It's an Echo B. Okay. Uh, because that was the one that the city was giving us a rebate on. So we got that in first, and there was a lot 
a, a little bit of playing around with Alexa and, and the the being able to to uh, come into the settings and see it from anywhere wherever I am on the app is really nice. And then uh, after uh, several of my husband's brothers talked about their ring doorbells and their smart doorbells and stuff, when we got back, Randy said, well, when are you going to put one in? I said, didn't think you wanted one. (laughs) So we now have a Nest uh, doorbell, uh, the Hello. Okay. And other than that, you know, we've got a couple of smart speakers and, and, and that's really just for me to play with. But really, we don't have hardly any home automation, okay. and because uh, I just didn't want to intrude my own interests into running a household that somebody else wouldn't be happy with. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I'll, for for new listeners, just to remind you, Pat is my mother in law, and so Randy is my father in law. And when he comes to visit, it's always interesting to see him interacting with the things I've smartened around. And uh, <laughs> one of the things I've done with all of the light bulbs is every light bulb. All the regular light bulbs, I, uh, I put an asterisk on that, but most of the light bulbs people generally use have smart uh, switches with them. So uh, we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, so for people who don't want to talk to the to the lady in the box to turn lights on and off, you can just hit there's a switch. So uh, that's one of the th- one of the important things that I kind of uh, ran into, you know, decided early on I had to do. Uh, so the first thing that to talk about, you mentioned a couple of different uh, brand names is when you're t- deciding what to do for a smart home, there are some basic questions. And the, the first one is, is what system do you want to be compatible with? And that's a problem because there are different systems. There's the Apple HomeKit standard, which works with your iPad and your uh, HomePod and your and your phone, iPhone uh, with the Siri. But in nobody None of them spoke up. That's good. I was waiting for that to start to <laughs> speaking up. Uh, this is going to be a tricky uh, episode for me because I'm surrounded by <laughs> devices waiting for the wake word. Um, then there's, or if you're in, if you're, you're an Android person, you might have a Google Home uh, or other Google devices. Um, you, if you have uh, the Lady in the Can, the uh, the Amazon uh, Echo devices, uh, which I do have as well. Uh, that might be you, the compatibility with that might be important to you. Um, there's also Samsung Smart Smart Things and Zigbee and a couple others. But the the nice thing is is that several of these different devices out there are are compatible across the different uh, standards. So you can you can get uh, smart home devices that are that'll work with HomeKit and Google and Amazon and Samsung. You know, down the line. And in fact, I. I think I remember Apple mentioning at the WWDC last week that they're working with all these big vendors, like a dozen of them or more. There was this big slide with all these names on it to develop more standardization, more cross compatibility, which really is good because as it stands now, when you're buying a device, you have to make sure that you pay attention to whether it works with your, your particular your system that you're working in your ecosystem. Um, so, uh, but the nice thing is I've got Siri and Echo devices and, and I can control my things with them both. It's not perfect. Sometimes Echo will say, I don't know, I don't recognize that device or it's not responding. So I have to turn to my phone and have it do it and vice versa. Um, there's still some glitches in the system, so it's not perfect, but it's there. Um, there's also, uh, some devices that will bridge these, you know, so for example, I have a Google Nest thermostat and it doesn't work with HomeKit, but you, but there's a system called HomeBridge. It's like a third party open source project, I think, that will connect my Nest to uh, my my iPhone devices, my HomeKit device, uh, you know, my Siri or whatever. So um, there are some things like that. So, um, so those are like the initial questions is like, how, how do you want it to work with? I got a, I got a, just a generic question for you. Um, we're, we're kind of jumping into, uh, kind of the, the practical, the, the, the nitty gritty of this, but, um, for someone who has like no idea what's going on, what, what can you do with a smart home? What, like, what, like, I know, you know, we, we can do, we can turn on and off lights, but like, you know, (laughs) what does it look like when you leave the house? Do you say, you know, Mrs. Amazon lock the house and she locks the doors and turns off the lights and you know so what what are what are some benefits of of all the smart devices 
that's a good point. I should I should back up on that because that th- those are some um, those are the more basic questions. Because right, so here's here's how I use it. Uh, one of the things we have is a smart lock, and we can before we had it, I always had to you know make sure every night I'd go around and lock in the doors and make sure the doors lock. Now I can just look at my phone and press and press a button and say lock the doors. Like if it's lo- not locked, lock it. And I can do that from bed or from for wherever. So I don't have to worry about that. Uh, one of the things that the Echo device has is it's called um, Alexa Guard. And it will, uh, I could say, you know, a lady, I'm I'm leaving. And if I say that, we'll say, OK, I'll guard the house for you. Now, it's not like sending robots around. What it's do- doing now is listening for sounds that that sound like. Uh, you know, that shouldn't be there. Breaking, Breaking glass. glass or that sort of thing. Right. So uh, it can do that. Um, some of the other things like I have, I mean, I have something really geeky, which is whenever I turn on my mixer on my, uh, on my connect to my computer, because I'm going to podcast, um, the computer detects it, runs an automation that turns on a light that's right outside my door to my office. It's a, with a hue bulb in it and makes it red. And that's the signal to everyone. Don't come in. That cost me like 50 bucks to do. The, I, I, when I looked up, like, what is a real on-air light, you know, a studio on-air? It's like $500. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'll figure this out myself. Thank you for, for a lot less than that. Um, the One of the things, here's a practical Catholic thing we do. So every night, we a whole family sits down in the living room and we say uh, night, bedtime prayers. And so we st- I start with, you know, everyone's in, in the room and I say, a lady, prayer time. And that turns off all of the lights in the house, all the all the hue bulbs, except in the living room where it dims them down to half, uh, you know, half illumination, uh, leaves the outside lights on. And then we say prayers because we we found early on the kids pray better when the lights are down and they're <laughs> they can't see anything. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> low lights calms the animals. Uh, so then when we're done, I say a lady bedtime and that brings up some of the lights. Brings up the living room lights, turns on the bedroom lights to half illumination, turns on my office light, that sort of thing. So um, it's very handy that way. I think I could automate the the, the door locks, but I, I try to keep the door locks off of voice control. I don't want someone walking up to an open window and yelling, "A hey, lady, open the front door." Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. that's a bad. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a little hole in the system. That uh, security hole. Um, so there's that, and then of course with. Uh, cameras and that sort of thing like we i have the amazon ring doorbell and cameras security cameras and so it alerts me you know when someone's at the front especially nowadays when someone rings the doorbell i'm not opening the door until i know who's there and talk to them first which is great so the other ones google nest does that and, and those other systems so um but with the cameras if if i'm not home and i get the i get a notification on my phone that, that someone's moving around in my backyard i can bring up the camera and see who's out there. Um, I wish the ring was a little better because it detects squirrels and uh, skunks <laughs> and whatnot a little too often, or a bush waving in the wind is a, is one that uh, I, I, I kind of wish they would get those uh, machine learning going a little better than that, than they have. It's, it's better than it was, but they, they get a little ways to go to make it perfect. Um, so those are some of the things I do with the smart home devices. Um, I've got, uh, also, the thermostat is a nice one where it it's automatically goes up and down during the day. And if it doesn't detect movement in the house, it turns it like if it's in the summer, it turns the AC off and, you know, keeps it keeps it relatively not too doesn't let it get too high. But then when like say we're at my brother's house for a Fourth of July party, which we're not doing this year because you can't see people. Okay. But if we were doing that, uh, like a half like just as we're about to leave, we would. I would, you know, open up my phone, open up the app and set the AC, turn the AC back on. So the house is not like broiling hot when we get back. It'll be cool by the time we get home. So that's, those are a few of the things that we can do. Sounds like it'd be a great thing for people who are, you know, if you if you leave the house and are, you know, either on vacation or at the office and you f- don't remember if you locked the door or you, you know, you can easily get on your app and see and you can connect to, to whatever's going on back home. Or, or if you check need to let, on spot. Yep. Or if you need to let someone in the house to like, mm, like yep. they, you've got an emergency at home. You need to let someone get in the house. You can, you can open the door for them. Uh, that sort of thing. Yes. Yep. That's true. Um, 
So, and that kind of brings up what kinds of smart home products there are. So we mentioned lights. That's a, a very common. So light bulbs, but there are also like light fixtures that you can get. So you can get a fixture that's smart instead of the bulb itself. Um, I kind of like the bulb uh, a little bit more than the fixture because that is a little more flexible. Um, and like the Hue bulbs, they come in both color, multicolor. Those are a little more expensive. Or you could just get white bulbs. And most of mine are just white bulbs. I don't necessarily need colored bulbs everywhere. But uh, uh, the, 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 the multicolor one for my I'm on the air light is perfect for, for that. Um, I do want to come up with a Star Trek klaxon, like the red alert thing, you know, like blink, you know, that would be that would be my other thing. You might find the front door locked when you leave and you come back. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. You're not allowed in until you remove these things. It does remind me of the the Star Trek Picard episode where at Riker's cabin where he says yes. shields up and like the whole house just oh, yeah, goes into lockdown mode. Oh man, that would be awesome if I could just say, you know, a lady shields up and the whole house locks down. Yeah. That oh. Star Trek nerd's dream. Every Trekkie's dream. <laughs> Engage. Then, uh, so lights, light bulbs, uh, also, or, and this is a little thing we could talk about at some point. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get to it in this episode, uh, but th- we could also talk about the, the relative advantages of light bulbs versus light switches. Um, some people prefer switches, so replacing the switch in the wall with a smart switch that's remote controlled and leaving regular bulbs in the outlets because that way you, you, it's easier for the non-geeks. They just, it's, to them, it's just still a switch on the wall. Uh, but, and you, you don't have to, re- you have to replace bulbs every once in a while, whereas you don't have to replace switches. So there's there's that, um, but there's a little more flexibility with bulbs, and bulbs are good for people like like you were saying for yourself, Father. You, you don't own your home, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you live in a rectory, but a bulb is, is just a bulb. You just put it in. So if you're a renter or you know someone somewhat transient, uh, you can put bulbs in and control those remotely as you wish. Um, one of the things I do, another example of uh, smart home uh, things I do is I have a fan. Uh, my wife and I prefer to have a fan blowing when we're sleeping. And I have that on a smart outlet, like a, it plugs into the outlet and it um, it comes on at a particular time at night just as we're getting ready for bed. And then in the morning, it turns. My wife told me, have it turn off uh, at at the time that I want to get up. Like it, uh, you know, whatever the whatever the day is in that time she wants to get up, because once it goes off, she can't stay there very long. Like the, without the fan right. on, she's not going to sleep. So, the, the, so it's a it's a like a second alarm for her to kind of pr- uh, prompt mm-hmm. her to get out of bed. So that's another way we use it. Um, so uh, lights. There's the doorbell, as I mentioned. Uh, there's cameras, remote cameras. There's door locks. Mention those, uh, including garage door openers. I don't have a garage, so I don't have a garage, a remote garage door opener. But, but again, like garage door openers have been around for decades. Those are really like some of the first "quote unquote" smart home technology. But um, it, it, they've gotten even smarter and more connected to all of this, which is really nice. Um, thermostats, so control your heating or cooling. Uh, the smoke detectors. So I think really right now, as far as I know, unless you guys know of other ones, the Google Nest Protect are the really the only smart smoke detectors out there. Are there others? Do you know of? Have you heard of? I'm not aware of any. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I kid and some of these other uh, big names in in smoke detecting. I'm I can't, I'm uh, I'd be surprised if they didn't have something out there. But the Nest uh, Protect smoke detectors work alongside the thermostat so the, those and they work pretty well um i just love not having to climb up on a chair every time i'm cooking and burn something uh to have to turn the darn thing off i can just hit it on the on the app like no i'm cooking stop uh so uh then um i mentioned electrical outlets so you can have replacement outlets so you you pull the the the, the you can pull the outlet out of the wall and replace it and have something like that or you can have something that plugs into it, like a smart switch sort of thing that, that you can plug in. Um, and then uh, speakers mentioned the HomePod and uh, the Echo and the Google Home and those sorts of things. Are, th- those are also smart. Uh, there are smart TVs that work with all this. Some Sometimes, like, uh, I think 
there's a brand of smart TV that works with one of the doorbells, and I can't remember which ones it is. I think it might be Google and Samsung or something along those lines. But where if someone comes to your door, rings the doorbell, it pops up the the on the screen the image from your doorbell. And Apple has got that coming soon for their Apple TV mm-hmm. and their and their HomeKit compatible doorbell. So um, that's really nice. And then um, there are kitchen appliances too, right, Father? You've got something along those lines, right? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you had like uh, a, a smart instant pot. Well, I I talked about that a number of episodes ago that I, oh, okay. I wanted to, um, I wanted to get the, the Wi-Fi instant pot, uh, but they, the Walmart that I went to was out of stock. So oh, mine is not the, yeah. <laughs> when when this one goes bad, the next one I get is going to be R2-D2 <laughs> and smart. But yeah, the, they're uh, instant pots. You can control it from your app. Um, I know that there's other things out there, too. Uh, I, I've seen the, the previews for the smart fridges that have, like, the camera inside that you can, you know, access if you're at the grocery store to check if you need milk and eggs and, you know, right. that kind of thing. Or uh, ovens, I think, are are going that way, too. And when screens in the kitchen to do the cooking, you know, to p- pull up your recipes and stuff. We've had yep. make do ways to do that before, but I think that there's there's t- yep. uh, refrigerators that have a smart panel or something like that, as well as I think maybe one of the Echo Shows or one of those right. has that, that, the, that capability. Yeah, the, the Echo Show, definitely, I think you can pull up videos. and You can. Um, I was just home this past week, and, and one of the super handy things to do for it was just to, to ask her to set a timer. While you're yes. like, you know, I've got I, yes. this in the oven, set a timer for 20 minutes and you just shout it out rather than having to punch it into the to the oven. My kids so. use use that the timers, the echo timers all the time. Uh, uh, they've, they've become very used to the technology, although it can be tricky with when they when they're still young and they have a bit of a speech impediment mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but like you might one of our rules is you have to before you can have any screen time, you have to go outside for 30 minutes. It's one of the. We have uh, various rules around screen time. And uh, so my son will run in. He'll say, Echo, set a 30 minute outdoors timer. And he'll and then he'll run outside. And then every so often he'll come back in. How much time on the outdoor timer? 29 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so uh, that that actually works with the kids. The kids are really taking to it. And we because it's in our kitchen, which is next to our dining rooms. Think we'll have conversations at dinner and stuff will come up and hey how far away is the sun i'll yell it out and we'll get an answer uh we what were we talking about uh the other isotopes of gold that was the one that came up the other other day at dinner uh, it's like having jimmy aiken at dinner with you every night frankly <laughs> that's kind of what it is uh jimmy jimmy knows a little bit of everything uh but uh so yes the 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 smart speakers are a great and and, and having the the screen ones, like the Echo Show, mm-hmm. I've got one on my desk, I, uh, we, but we've got the lady in the can in the kitchen. And I like the screen one because it gives those extra visual cues that, the, that you don't get without a, without a screen. So I like that. And if you're interested, one of those also is a phenomenal uh, digital picture frame. So yes. even if you don't really need it for the, the smart aspect uh that's the reason why i got it for my parents but then of course they use it for so much more but it uh upload pictures to it um if you uh play music through the amazon music uh service it'll actually show the lyrics so you can do your own version of karaoke karaoke (laughs) yeah Yeah. sing and dance in the kitchen while you're cooking so we'll take some of the calories off (laughs) there you go we even mentioned a few weeks ago how you can buy a pair of the of the Echo Shows mm-hmm. and set one up remotely so that, like, for your parents, like, one guy was sent one to his mom in a nursing home, and she can't go see her because of COVID. So they, this is a way he can just drop in. She doesn't even have to know how to answer it. He is able to drop in. Uh, they all come with physical shutters, so, I like, you can shut the camera if you don't want someone just dropping in to, and seeing you unawares. Uh but but it's it would be nice like for if you have an elderly parent in it was not necessarily a nursing home but you know an older parent or something and just putting it in the kitchen and while you're having dinner you can just drop in and say hi and and chat and see the kids and all that sort of stuff uh, that's one of the benefits of that as well mm-hmm. um, other kitchen sorts of things uh, I've got a smart sous vide uh, device sous vide is that is the uh, uh, device that 
cooks food ba- like in a vacuum sealed bag in hot water. Oh, um, okay. And it's a it's a French. Yeah, yeah it's a immersion uh, immersion cooker. The, yes, 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 yes. So it'll bring a food like it'll bring the steak up to the perfect temp, and it will hold it there nearly forever. Yep. And then when you're ready, you take it out and then throw it on a on a griddle, and you cook it really quick, and it's perfectly done. Uh, anyway, there are uh, I have a smart device controlled sous vide cooker, so I can control mm. it. I could set it, forget it. That sounds like an infomercial. And then go to the other room <laughs> and and it will beep at me like, hey, you know, it's at the next stage. And I can go, oh, yes, or I can I can adjust it or whatever. Uh, same thing with grills. There's uh, Weber has the iGrill thermometer. It's a Bluetooth Wi-Fi connected thermometer thing where you, it, if I'm making a brisket, hey, it's at the perfect temp, you know. Or uh, now, what is it? Is it Traeger has like this, the pellet, it's a $1,000 pellet grill it's like smoker it it is amazing (laughs) this thing and again remote control you just turn it on you adjust it it kind of it's almost too easy frankly that's my thing it's this should be a little bit of work (laughs) you can't work up a good sweat you know for the beer with that exactly 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 i don't have an excuse to stand out there anymore (laughs) poking at it uh one thing i'd mention with with a smart appliances is because appliances usually last a long time, I, I'm really hesitant to get one that has like a like a tablet built in or that sort of thing, because the technology, uh, you know, the operating systems, all that sort of stuff advances so quickly. And that's something we need to kind of briefly mention is also security updates. You've got to be sure that you can update the security on these on a regular ongoing basis, I don't want my fridge to have to be a security hole. Like what are we going to mm-hmm. buy a new fridge now? Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little leery of those just yet. And we'll see how that goes. It's kind of reminds me of the, the, the uh, navigation systems and cars were so cool when they first came out. And now yep. pretty quickly they became obsolete because Google's maps and ways and everything has the up-to-date stuff and they're stuck back two years before. Oh yeah. You know, and unless they could get, it, it, and or you know, it it just seems like it it's it's embedded, so it's not easily replaceable, unless they right. made it modular, and then you could just do something like that. But it's so much better for them to just you know you we're already carrying a computer around our pocket that can do this. It's so yeah. much better for them to just plug into what we've got. You know, they don't have to worry exactly. about it. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. You know, so embedding screens and things like that and some of these things I don't think is a good idea because, as you yep. say, that technology gets outdated fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a uh, client that had a, a really nice home security system and I had to come because basically somebody had hacked into it that he didn't have a password that was different than the default. So that's the big security issues that a lot of yes. devices don't have good control of yet. Well, and we we should talk a little bit about this, and we'll we'll dive back into this topic again uh, later and come back to it. But one of the things to be wary of is be wary of um, third party devices. Only go for like go for the name brands. I know it's like it's they're more expensive, but they're more expensive for a reason. Kind of like uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you get Belkin, we, you know the Belkin Wemo, or you get Philips, or you, like. But then there are all these little third-party bulbs and cameras, especially cameras. Don't buy, like, you know, knockoff cheap cheap cameras uh, because their security is terrible and you get people spying on you in your own Mm -hmm. home. I mean, that would be... I don't... I don't put cameras in the home anyway. I have actually I do for when we're away. If we, you know, if we're on vacation, I I have cameras that I set up. Uh, Most of my cameras are all pointed outside. But um, but even then, I only I, I have um, name brand cameras that I, that I set up inside uh, because I just it's it's too easy. It's it's in fact, it's been shown that some of these third party cameras have spyware in them and the back doors mm-hmm. and uh, it's really bad. Yeah, the nanny cams that have gotten hacked, hacked into and things like yep. that. You don't want to risk that. Just stay with the better brand, the more expensive ones. I was, that's terrifying, yes, especially if you is. if you have a, a nanny cam with a with a young kid, right? To have someone right. sp- either spying or the ones that you can Talking actually speak, through yeah, speak yeah. through that. Oh, yeah, yeah. HomeKit yeah. compatible devices are supposed to have um, really good security. That's one of Apple's requirements to be HomeKit certified. Uh, but even then, like if if you buy a device that has a password, any kind of password system, change it, change it. Never stay with the default. 
Never leave the username as admin. Never leave the the password as well. Because the fact is, is everyone knows what the default password is. There is a website with with Mm -hmm. that password sitting on it, waiting for someone to just, they're going to scan all the IP addresses and they'll find that camera and they'll, they'll, they'll hack into it. So yes, that same thing with doorbells. I'll, you know, go with a name brand doorbell. I have mine is Yale. Yale is a big name in do, in uh, not doorbell. Um, door lock. Uh, Yale is a big name in door locks for for decades. You know, first they've been around for a century, uh, so they know what they're what they're talking about. They're in fact they were bought by August, which is owned by Amazon. So actually, Yale is part of Amazon now, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, so security is a is an important consideration. Um. Just you know, try to stick to the name brands. We'll come back to that uh, when we come back to this topic. There's so much more to talk about here in all of these different uh, different parts of this conversation. Uh, we're only just scratching the surface, but it's a way to get started. And if you, listener, have any questions that we didn't cover, if you have any concerns that you'd like us to, to when we get, come back to this topic, Please let us know. Write it right in and send us an email to technology at sqpn.com and let us know what what are your questions, what are your concerns, uh, you know, if you have any you know for our any advice on how, what we're doing, we we'd love to address those in the future. Yeah, so. and I guess you know for people who are saying, well, where would I get started? What's the easiest way to get started? Probably lights is probably the easiest way, yep. and then doorbell next, maybe. Yeah, because that's a lot less outlay than you talking about for a. Uh, you know, a, a heating system that has the thermostat or so whatever. Right. Yeah. A light, a light bulb, if it gets hacked, is way less of an issue than if a camera gets hacked. Um, nobody's right. going right. to hack a light bulb. I mean, right. I guess right. they could, but... What are they um, going to do? Like, annoy you by blinking it on and off? Right, right, right. <laughs> well, or burn it out. That, yeah. that would be the other thing that, that, yeah. that I would... I think I, there was a concern about overheating them and having a problem that with right. that. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and I guess I would just encourage two people to to um, be prudent, uh, be be skeptical, Cautious. and and yeah, and <laughs> and do your research or talk to talk to someone who knows. You know, don't don't do this on your own if you're if you're unsure of things. You know, if you've got if you've got a family member who is super into it, you know, get get second third opinions on on everything, and yep. and uh, just be be prudent and safe about it. And yeah, and, and get some good websites. The wirecutter.com is a good website for, you know, go there and look up their smart home recommendations. They're always good. I almost always buy whatever they recommend for. They're, they're like the modern uh, consumer reports. Uh, Tom's the, of, Hardware is usually really good, too. Oh, that's, that's another good that's one. That's another one that I've liked to, to, for reviews on hardware yep. and this type of thing. Definitely, definitely. Those are, yeah, two good resources. All right. Excellent. So we'll be back to talk about smart homes in the future, but uh, now we're going to switch over to talking about some headlines that are out there. Uh, The first headline I wanted to mention is uh, the Facebook says that they're going to let users turn off some political ads, uh, which to which I say, bravo, Facebook. That would be very nice because I don't actually want to see them all the time. Now, it's not uh, quite as as. as good as turning everything off, no, no political ads at all. Uh, but if you see an ad that you don't like, that's offensive, you can indicate, don't show this to me anymore. What do you think of this? Uh, it's this- about time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's really d- just difficult to n- navigate through Facebook with all of the, the stuff that's popping up that is, that makes people irate, you know, and all that type of thing. So, yes, I would say if we can get a way to tone down the political thing and leave Facebook more for the social aspect of things, not, you know, that would be much better. Yeah. <sighs> uh, frankly, I don't see many ads at all when I'm using uh, Facebook on my computer versus my phone or my iPad, uh, because I have, I've mentioned before, a an extension, a browser extension called Fluff. Busting purity or FB purity, so it's supposed to be Facebook purity. Uh, but what it does is it 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 will alter your Facebook experience in a number of different ways. But one of the things it can do is remove ads. So I don't see the ads on Facebook because they're just so. Uh, I mean, honestly, they're just they're really obnoxious. I I don't mind decent ads, but they 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 are obnoxious to the point of making it almost unusable sometimes. So, um, but it doesn't work on mobile so it i still have to see them there but 
Uh, but at least, well, and you're you're accepting yourself from from being part of the general public to be able to speak to these things, Dom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. I need to be able to uh, suffer what everyone else suffers. Yeah, suffer <laughs> suffer along with us. <laughs> I just I I keep thinking. I just wish I wish things could go back to when Facebook kind of started, where it was more about the social aspect and less about Commercial. you know even even my you know circle of people that I'm friends with you know, uh, getting on their soapbox and, and whether it's political yep. or whether it's whatever it is, it's hiring. Can, can I, can I just see pictures of your puppy? Like that's <laughs> exactly. kind of all I want to know. Or what uh, movies you've seen recently or the music that right, you like or the right. poetry that's out there. Yeah. That, those are the things I want to see. Facebook has become just like a source of stress. <laughs> yes. Of course, now, part of it is, is the, the friends you cultivate. Yep. So sometimes you have to reach out a little bit and find the ones that, that uh, aren't aren't uh, connecting with you on the level you want to connect with. Well, yeah, and that's a little bit more difficult as a priest because so many people know me and want to be friends. And so I, I do accept a broad number of people, whether I'm super close to them or not. So, yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah, I'm out in kind of deep water there. Yeah, that's true. That's, this, that's why there's called unfollow. We can yep, still be their friend, yep, but you I unfollow have, I have them. done that, yep. Oh, I've yep. also, the 30-day the snooze has gotten a lot of work for oh, me Oh, that's lately. nice. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've forgotten about that one. Uh, well, that's the nice thing with the the, uh, the FB Purity uh, plugin is that it also lets me mark certain keywords. Don't show me anything that contains these keywords mm. and you can guess the keywords that i've got active oh, yeah. at the moment <laughs> certain politicians yeah. certain medical conditions uh yeah. so uh so let's move on to the next uh headline which is uh this is kind of fun a movie called unsubscribe the zero dollar bu budget movie so it had a budget of zero dollars that topped the u.s box office uh and so what happened to these two guys these couple of guys uh who They've because all the theaters are closed, or most of them are closed. There's very few that are open. They kind of figure out a way to game the system to make a movie that would be number one at the box office in the United States because there's or, nothing else on there, <laughs> right? So what they did was they shot a unsubscribe. It's a 29 minute horror movie shot entirely on Zoom with their friends, uh, and they generated twenty five thousand dollars in ticket sales on on June 10th. Uh, by getting a theater to agree to show it and then buying out the theater, all the tickets, but using a loophole that allows them to take all the money in themselves. In other words, they were buying the tickets from themselves, so therefore they didn't have to put out any money for it. Uh, but they were able to claim that they had $25,000 in ticket sales <laughs> in one day. And then, and thus they became the number one movie in America. I thought that was wow. very clever. Only, only, only in the age of YouTube and Facebook and zoom and, and whatnot. So uh, I wonder if it's any good. <laughs> have, I, don't know. Have I haven't watched it. No, mm. I didn't get it. It's, I, th I think I read that it was on Vimeo. So I think, I think listeners could go check it out if they if they wanted to. I'm not a big horror fan, so yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some actual like actors in it, like people who've been in things, not just mm -hmm. like uh, so their their pals. So that should be pretty funny. But it does just remind me of of the ingenuity of people, especially in these these times, like yeah. uh, the Parks and Rec, uh, Zoom, you know, special episode, yes, um, or. Uh, John and I'm blanking on his John last name. Yes, yes, some good oh, news. You know, stuff, so yeah. there there's some really cool ingenuity out there uh yeah. in these crazy times. I, I just love they did it. I I saw a David Tennant thing where basically uh it was like about some actors that were getting ready to do a play and of course everything came down and canceled. So they decide to practice or rehearse over Zoom. And so there's about six episodes of this where where they're getting together and trying to do this. And, and it is a perfect commentary on how things are going right now. And oh, but it was, awesome. you could only see it on BBC. So I used my ExpressVPN a little bit <laughs> <laughs> there you to go. let myself be in London for the day. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to this next story, which is very interesting. Uh, so with. The next version of iOS, iOS 14 coming out for iPhones, 
Um, a lot of developers and uh, people who love to be on the bleeding edge have installed it on their phones. And there are some new privacy features that Apple has put in. And it's been exposing some very interesting bad behavior on the part of some apps, particularly TikTok. Uh, so what they've found is – so there's this new feature where every time an app surreptitiously uh, copies what's in your pasteboard – so when you when you copy and paste, it – copies and saves it in a in a the, the the phone will copy whatever it is you're copying and save it in a place called the pasteboard and it will usually whatever you've copied stays there until you've copied over it the next time or restarted the, the phone or whatnot and so some of these apps were copying from the pasteboard sucking down from the pasteboard on their own whatever happened to be there sometimes like 10 20 30 times a minute like uh, someone said, it was doing it every one to three keystrokes of the, every time they. Wow! Every, every I watched. Three I watched one of the videos of it, and it just kind of kept popping up over the screen with the notification. And uh, and and if whatever you have on your pasteboard is now in in their hands, whether it's a password, a phone number, conf- other confidential information, uh, and it turns out they're not alone. Uh, there's 54 apps total found doing this so far. Uh, TikTok claims it was a it was an overzealous uh, anti spamming uh, feature in their app that they're now right. going to remove. Uh, that right. we we didn't realize it was doing this. The problem is is that TikTok is is a Chinese company, which you know that's fine. That's not necessarily a problem to be Chinese, but the it's owned by or the some of the higher executives are members of the Chinese Communist Party. They're closely connected to the the communist government. And there's a lot of concern that China, the Chinese government, Beijing, is using TikTok as a way to spy and uh, to the point where the Defense Department has told its employees that they cannot install TikTok on their phones. And even uh, certain employees who are in certain classified positions, no one in their immediate family can install it on their phones, which is you know, wow. kind of wild. Yeah. So um I don't usually go in for the big conspiracy theory stuff, but this is a case where I'd say I wouldn't have TikTok on any of my devices. I just, I just, mm-hmm. uh, that's bad behavior. Of course, that's, uh, I have a, a link to another article and I'll put in the show notes that that's not the only app that's doing this. So of the other right. apps, ABC News, Al Jazeera English, CBC News, CBS Ooh, News, CNBC, those. Fox News, New York Times, NPR, Russia Today, Reuters, uh, The Economist, Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, Vice News. Like these are not fly by night Chinese government, you know, whatever. And they're not games. They're not entertainment things. They're they're news things. Yeah, That's scarier. Right. There's a yeah. bunch of uh, games as well, including Bejeweled, uh, Fruit Ninja, which I used to love. Fruit Ninja, uh, PUBG Mobile. PUBG is the like a Fortnite uh, competitor. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Plants vs Zombies Heroes, um, oh, and uh, Weibo and Viber, which are both big outside the U.S. But uh, and then uh, a whole bunch of other ones. Bed Bath and Beyond, AccuWeather. Uh, overstock. And so I could understand if they said if if you might want to cut and paste within that app, they might have to be able to get to the clipboard, right? But, but what you're saying is beyond. it's gone way beyond that. Oh, that's right. so scary, right? And so they're pasting like if you copy something out of your messages and you go into say Overstock, and then you'll see a message. Overstock has pasted for messages. Mm-hmm. That's wow. that's the so you know I would check out the list that we'll put in the show notes and. You need to make a decision about whether you want to have these apps on your devices. I don't have any of these apps on my devices at this point. Uh, not until I'm sure that they've fixed it. Now now that they've all been caught red-handed, I'm sure that yeah. it will be quickly uh, fixed. Uh, although uh, TikTok, despite having promised, still has not uh, fixed it. <laughs> so mm. we'll see how that goes. They, uh, they might be just trying to figure out how to how to hide it again. So. I'm yeah. not even interested in the whole premise of TikTok. Oh, well, yeah, we're not at the right age. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, father, that's... You, you're not, father, you're starting to become an old man. <laughs> <laughs> you're no longer yeah. interested in the, the hot new thing. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard to keep up. But yeah. It seems to be a, a, a young kid's entertainment uh, platform, mostly. Yeah, I've seen Snapchat. Some, I've seen some clever stuff there. I usually watch it when someone reposts it to Facebook or Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, that's the only ones I've seen. 
There was uh, a really I've, fun one yeah. of a guy uh, doing all the different Star Wars uh, actor uh, yes. imitation uh, accents and voices. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see them when they hit the main that. news streams. That's right. That's right. That was a good one. Yeah. I'll wait for that. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so be, uh, be safe out there, folks. Uh, our next headline is uh, Microsoft is permanently closing all of their physical retail stores, uh, at which point all the Apple people go, they're still open? No, so, just kidding. <laughs> like the Maytag repairman. They probably didn't have a lot of people. I did send a couple of people over there, and they said the stores were never busy when they walked in. <laughs> no, no. Well, and, and I was surprised. They've been around since 2009 that they've, they've had brick-and-mortar okay. stores. Uh, they said uh, – the, uh, the press release, of course, puts it there. We're just uh, reorienting or re- we're uh, transforming our retail presence. Yeah, yeah, transforming as in removing it. <laughs> But well, and for a lot of the people I know, it wasn't just used for sales. It was basically they could take it in if they were having a Windows problem, and right. and they actually had technical people there too. Right. So, Their version. Of so the that geniuses. was where I thought that was the only thing I was sad about it. Is there's nobody I can send over for free help with Microsoft updates anymore. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And that's yeah that that would have been a, a great resource for that, but uh, apparently they just be, I, the. COVID-19, like a lot of things, it just it just it killed the whole thing. And it was probably marginal to begin with. And now uh, it just can't survive in the COVID-19 world. Uh, So it's uh, it's too bad. It's too bad because uh, more is, you know, frankly, having more competition is better. I like having Microsoft out there prompting Apple, you know, to be better at things and having a competitor retail store, uh, although it really looked a lot like an Apple store. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I never, think there was I some, never went some to hints. one. Uh, I've been yeah. to the one here in town. Yeah. yeah I've been I've to way, I've been to Apple stores and, and I think I think most people are just more drawn to an Apple store because of its unique design Products. and it's yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's broad. I mean, yeah. <laughs> a Microsoft store, it's I don't know, it just is way less appealing. The there's a uh yeah, there's 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 a certain kind of experience at an Apple store that's mm-hmm. that's different. The way the 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 consumer experiences, but uh, I don't want to get too Apple fanboy here. But, but <laughs> well, and perfect. and I'll have to admit, Microsoft <laughs> did sell other products. I mean, they, they were th- mm-hmm. they would sell other laptops other than just their Surface laptops. So, right. So things that were they would showcase uh, really cool laptops or yep. computers, you know, from other companies too. And I, and and of I course, would say I'm yeah. I'm I'm a Microsoft fan too. Like I I have their yeah. Xbox and and so I mean like I'm I I I would love it if they would stay around, but I I never used them. Right. So as far as the, the retail the stores, story, yeah. yeah. I yeah. but I will continue to to um, use Microsoft products for sure. And sure. Of course, Microsoft Office and you know, but all of those you can you can download, you can get tech support right. online. Um. I, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily need to go to a physical store for, for a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, even machines these days, people aren't going into the stores, they're ordering them online. Mm Mm-hmm. So our our last headline for today is uh, a neat little trick. I'm not sure Google's going to agree, but uh, (laughs) it's, it's a way of, of getting around having all those ads play while you're watching YouTube videos. And the trick is in the URL. So in the in the address bar, when you when you st- you load the video page, you just put an extra period after the dot com in the YouTube link. So I guess like so it's YouTube dot com dot slash. Is that what it is? I think I didn't yeah. test it out. Yeah, I tested it out and I thought, well, maybe, oh, they're going to catch that fast. But it has been several weeks since I've seen that that article. Uh-huh. It's, I tried it today. It still works. And wow. I, I started playing a video and, you know, you know two ads. And so I went right back, put the period in, refreshed the page, and it went right into my dust wow. um, session. So it was like, well, it's not exactly immoral to do it, but <laughs> it is a little bit getting around the paying for ads. But if I use an ad blocker, it's doing the same thing. So it's, it's, it's just like an ad blocker for it's, it. <laughs> it's a manual ad blocker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm sure a, they'll fix it. Yeah. But. 
Well, it says that in addition to removing the pre-roll ads, which I always click to skip. I mean, I just mm-hmm. I do. I mean, and because they give you the opportunity option to, so I always do. Um, it also eliminates mid-roll ads, so ads that show up in the middle of videos. Which, frankly, I I find That's those more irritating. egregious. I'd rather have the 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 ads at the beginning or the ads at the end, but like ads yeah. that interrupt right in the middle because it's usually right at the worst part. Like in TV, they build in that commercial break. It's not built into YouTube videos, and so and someone's in the middle of a sentence or something. It's just really frustrating to to get that. So um, uh, for I now, it works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm gonna every time I'm gonna bother to, to to you know stop and rewrite the URL and put that extra dot in there, but I don't know if I if I if I get annoyed enough, I might. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, all right, so uh, let's. That's great. So let's move on to our picks of the week. Uh, Pat, what's your pick this week? Well, I do a lot of work for people, and I do a lot of file copying and making sure that directories are moved from one place to another. And occasionally during that process, you have a hiccup, and now you're halfway through the process of copying. How do you know what made it and what didn't make it? So in both the Mac and in the PC side, I have programs that I use for that. I like the one for the PC better, but that's the way it is. Uh, for the PC, it's a product by a company called Heatsoft. And uh, basically, uh, what you do is you call it up, you point to the directories that you want to compare, and then you've got lots of options. But basically, it compares all of the files in all of those directories for the presence or absence or the date and the time. And you can do lots of different combinations. But that way I can see, oh, what things didn't make it? And then the next step is, okay, just finish synchronizing them. And then it only copies the ones that aren't there. And I use that to to a lot to when I'm copying stuff from one place to another or if I've got multiple versions of things that I want to get the latest versions over to that, that save directory. So for the PC, it's called Heatsoft ADCS. And you can use it forever with just a, a simple thing of when it comes up, it asks you to punch one, two, or three. And uh, so if you got the right one, did you're in. So you can use it forever with just a tiny bit of effort, but it's like $39, I think it is, for the uh, the paid version. On the Mac side, I had to do a little bit of investigation, and there were two products that came up. Beyond Compare is the one I'm using right now. There's another one called Delta Walker. They're just a little bit more cumbersome to use than the the PC one, but the Beyond Compare is the closest, where I can call up two sets of, of folders and say, copy everything newer, or copy everything that's bigger, or co- you know, uh, just compare the ones, show me the ones that are the same file names in sizes on both sides. So it gives you a, a good way to to manipulate large amounts of data without having to manually check, okay, that one made it, that one made it, et cetera. Excellent. Yeah, those are that that's an important uh tool to have when you're when you're moving a lot of data to make sure it all got where it needed to go. I have a lot of people that do a cut and paste, even on a Mac, to say, you know, between this set of folders and their backup drive and my backup drive. Well, and then they come along next month, you don't want to copy them all again. You might just want to copy the ones that changed. Now, I know Carbon Copy Cloner has a way you can do some some of that. But uh, the idea being is, is that for most of my people, it's not really a full backup they're doing. They're just trying to keep their pictures there's upgraded an, over there. There's an app that does it called Chronosync that's pretty good on the Mac. That's uh, pretty well known. Um, it may be a little heavier than what you're looking for, but it might be worth checking out, too. It's, uh, um, it's, it's pretty good for that, too. Okay. Uh, Father Andrew, what's your pick this week? So, uh, as you might have guessed, I do a fair bit of uh, listening to podcasts. And uh, so, my uh, pick this week is a podcast player called Downcast. Uh, the only the only issue for this is it's it's kind of exclusive to the Mac iOS worlds, unfortunately for you Android listeners out there. But um, <clears throat> for for those of you on iOS or Mac, there is the Apple Podcast app built in, which is uh, a great simple podcast player. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. Uh, but I like to use Downcast. Uh, Their little. Uh, <laughs> catchphrase is kind of funny it's a very cool podcast player for ios mac apple watch and carplay 
But mm. what makes it unique is that um, it really, I use it, there's two two features of it that I really like. First is it's got an iCloud sync. So if I'm listening to um, a certain episode on my phone and pause it and then pull it up on my computer, I can pick up right where I left off because it syncs between all the devices, which is really cool. But you can also uh, do playlists so I can group my podcasts in like if I'm going to have a bunch of different geeky podcasts, I can group them into a playlist and then it'll it'll play them in order of like, you know, their release date. But it'll jump from podcast to podcast automatically rather than me having to go to different podcasts and play the the unlisten to episodes. So I really like it for for all of these uh, cool, fun podcasts that I listen to. Um also, the the only slight downside is that it does cost three bucks for for iOS and five bucks for the Mac. So, Very small downside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but for those of you who want a free version, I guess to stick with Apple Podcasts, and um, I'm I'm happy to pay a little extra for convenience. I've used Downcast for years myself. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say what I've done is kind of like you, but uh, I use Apple Podcasts for one kind of podcast, mm, yep. and I use Downcast. Like maybe one is for my literary poetry, that type of thing. The other one's for my techie stuff, and another one for faith. So I've got Overcast, <laughs> Downcast, and uh, podcasts, and of course Spotify can do podcasts too. <laughs> That's right. So That's so right. you could have you know multiple ones just to, for those particular ones you want to listen to. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, my primary podcast player is Overcast. I use that for all my audio podcasts. But I use Downcast for video. Overcast doesn't do video, but mm. I've listened, I oh. watch a few video podcasts, a lot from the Twit Network and, and uh, ScreencastOnline.com. Uh, uh, so I watch theirs through Downcast. And uh, that's the one uh, while I'm brushing my teeth and shaving in the morning. I don't shave very much. I have a beard. But uh, they, there is shaving involved. Uh, but while I'm brushing my teeth or whatever, I have a, a stand for my iPad that I uh, watch my uh, Twit network videos. I think uh, I think the original reason why I went with Downcast is because uh, I at that point uh, I was uh, listening to and I still do listen to Kim Commando. Yes, but mm -hmm. I think when I first started doing Downcast, um, it it allows for you to input a username and password, and for to listen to Kim's. A weekend show you had to be a subscriber and so i was able to put in my username and password through downcast cool and some of the other uh, podcast players didn't allow for that and i couldn't right. access kim commando's show so that's the I nice think, thing with downcast yeah yeah, yeah. it does a so. lot of that stuff yep cool awesome good pick uh, so my pick is something i've got, I got for review i don't know that i would have picked this up myself but it is kind of cool uh and it is the JBL Boombox 2 Waterproof Portable Bluetooth Speaker. Uh, this is a big music speaker. It connects to your, your phone or your iPad or whatever uh, whatever you got via Bluetooth. And it's like, I don't know if, well, I, I, it doesn't really matter because the listeners can't see it, but I've got it behind me right now. And this thing is, I was kind of shocked when it came. I like to say, hey, do you want to review it? I'm like, sure, I'll review it. And it came. And it's huge. It's this big thing. And it gets loud. Like if you have a par outdoor party, pool party, anything like that, this would be perfect for that. It's waterproof. So I don't know that I would throw it in the in the pool. I'm not sure that's made for that. But, you know, it'll get if it gets splashed. IPX7 waterproof. I forget what that is, but I'm sure it's fine for being around a pool. Um, it, it's it got so much battery power that you can actually plug in your phone and recharge your phone from it, <laughs> which is nice. Um, and it, if, if you want, if you have multiple of them, I mean, who, it's, it's a $450 <laughs> portable speaker. I'm not sure who has multiples of these. But if you had multiple, you can connect them via Bluetooth. There's an app on your phone. You can connect them and make them a stereo pair, which is pretty wild. Uh, so um, it's it's fun. It's a lot of it's got. It's definitely got a ton of bass. I was kind of uh, the kids and I were having a dance party in, in my office with some uh, bass heavy music. And my wife was in the other room. Trying to figure out what the heck I was doing, uh, blowing the, the things up. <laughs> Looking the wall. for earplugs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so a lot of fun, but uh, yeah. So the uh, JBL Boombox too. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if oh. you're if you're in the market for such a thing, definitely check it out. All right. So I think that should do it for us. We want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Janelle K, Jerry Ann H, Katie T, Lisa S, and Joe S. 
Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. So what do you think of our discussion? Or do you have any questions about smart home or any, any of the other things we talked about? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. Be sure to write a review of the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Your reviews are very important to us to help us to grow the show. Those Your reviews are the number one way that we get new listeners. That's, that's how important they are. So we'd greatly appreciate it when you do that. And when you share... Uh, the actually the really the the two number one ways that the, that work together is when you also share the podcast with your friends. You let them know, hey, check out this great podcast I'm listening to. Both of those things are so very important to us. So we greatly appreciate it when you do that. Until next time, Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Absolutely, Pat Scott, thank you as well. Good night. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. <laughs>